welcome to the Redemptive Parenting Podcast, where we aim to encourage and equip parents in wisdom with hope and the gospel for the everyday. Your hosts are me, Kristen, and my husband, Pete, Pastor Pete. Pastor Pete. This is our fourth episode in our series on fear. I hope that you are enjoying it. Our focus today is helicopter and lawnmower parenting. Now, some of us know we fall into these categories, but for others of us, we can see how other people are that way, but we're blind to our own tendencies. Or we may kind of know, but we Mm self-justify that our actions are necessary because they're helping our kid and we don't see that they're harmful to our kids. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to start by reading a quote from my favorite book of 2019. It is Seculosity by David Zoll. We actually mentioned it in the first episode in this series. But I think maybe before I read the quote, why don't you explain this term, seculosity? Yeah. What David Zoll is arguing for is that even though church attendance has dropped, that people are still religious even though it's not directed towards the church, now their religiosity is directed towards secular things, hence the term seculosity. So what we used to seek to get from the church, we're now seeking to get in things like food, in parenting, in our jobs, in our careers, and in our education. So we look to those things for our righteousness. Yes, to find our enoughness, to think we're enough. You know, and that can be anything from exercise to dieting. You know, what, what dieting program are you using? Are you intermittent fasting? Are you doing, what kind of workouts are you doing? CrossFit or P90X or whatever have you. And so we're trying to find our righteousness in having these things and doing it well and being good enough. So in the book, he goes chapter by chapter tackling a different topic. So, of course, it's the parenting topic that Mm. um, is relevant to our conversation. Um, So here's this quote. If helicopter parenting were really all about safeguarding our kids rather than propping up our own righteousness, Mm. then we could stop when it became clear that it was not helping but actively harming them. No baby learns to walk without falling down a lot. A good parent even allows them to fall over and over again. There's evidence that children who are never exposed to dirt fail to develop an adequate immune system. We forget that the same holds true for other aspects of life. Those who have never experienced failure lack resilience, sometimes fatally so. Protectiveness does not always protect. It's mm, a great quote. So let's unpack this because our tendency is we want to, as we talked about in the last episode, protect. We want to safeguard our kids. But why is it? Why is it that we have to safeguard them? What are the fears driving us that we can't allow harm or anything to <laughs> interrupt our perfect yeah. little world or yeah. their perfect world? Yeah. Uh, failure is a big one. You know, we don't want our kids to fail because once again, it's not a bad desire to not want your kids to fail. There's nothing wrong with that. But when all of a sudden that desire is elevated to they can't fail, period, you have to ask yourself why. Why does that bother you if they did? Is it because you think it makes you look bad and therefore you're trying to find your righteousness and your kids succeeding and not failing? I think so. And that's exactly what seculosity (laughs) hits on is that all of a sudden it becomes our identity. And so our kids' failures become very personal 
to us. Yeah. But I think another huge thing is just keeping up with the Joneses. Oh, gosh, you know, yeah. I mean, I think that we see, especially with social media, we see what everybody else is doing, what their kids are doing, how they're succeeding. And so we just have this mindset, like just frantic almost, that we have to, they have to be on a certain team. They have to go to a certain school. They mm-hmm. have to maintain certain GPA mm-hmm. and, and we just feel, or they have to do all this volunteer work. And so it's just this constant Cause they have, yeah, they have to build a resume and in order to get into the right college so that they can get the best job and again, be successful according to the parents definition and map <laughs> for their child's life. It puts a lot of pressure on kids because then they can't mess up. They can't fail and they feel that pressure. And this is the most anxious. I had a campus minister tell me just a few weeks ago, that this is the most anxious group of students he's ever come across. And I think because they have felt that pressure since mm-hmm. they were little. Yeah. At a time when they used to, or when we used to play outside, they're already on such competitive mm-hmm. teams and doing so many different activities. And I'm not saying... That those are bad, right? Yeah. I mean, it's just, but we need to evaluate what is it? Why is it driving us? And I think so often it's a fear that they're going to fall behind. Yeah. I've had many parents say, well, if I don't get her on this dance team right now when she's in elementary school, then she's not going to make high school cheerleader. Right. Well, who says she even wants to be a high school cheerleader? (laughs) I mean, I know we want to give them every opportunity. And I think that that is what drives us in a sense is we want to open up every opportunity to them. Yes. But at what cost? Exactly. And then how much do their, the kids activities actually govern and control the family life? So much time is spent and money is spent on all these activities that it's taking away from quality family time. That could be a whole other... That's another discussion. Another yeah. discussion. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I do want to get back to just the way that we jump in and try to rescue them. Mm-hmm. Something I was thinking about, this happened with me and my son last spring. He had shoulder surgery and had fallen behind on the volunteer hours that were required for National Honor Society. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. I mean, by the time he was, you know... He was still doing some rehab, but he had some more time and we were up against the deadline. And so literally every day he would come home from school and I was like, did you talk to the teacher? Did you sign up for volunteer hours? And he was like, no, I forgot. In my mind, I'm thinking, well, if the, you know, Honor Society sponsor teacher knew that he'd had surgery, then maybe she would accommodate him and not require that he have all the same hours. And like, he just needs to talk to her. But of course, he's not talking to her. And so I'm thinking... I just need to call her and get it done so I could scratch it off my list. Exactly. By the grace of God, I didn't. (laughs) But I wanted to because I just wanted to rush in. I felt like I could justify why he hadn't done those hours. But then as I thought about it, I'm like, okay, so what's the worst thing in the world that can happen? He doesn't get to stay in National (laughs) Honor Society. Oh, no. Okay, so he doesn't get to have that on his resume this year. You know, I mean, when I really played out, yeah, I mean, that would be nice to have. But let him suffer the consequences. And I think that's where I'm going with this is that so often we jump in to rescue so that our kids don't have to suffer any consequences or adversity. 
And then what happens? They go to college and they've <laughs> never had to suffer any consequences. Exactly. They've always had the teachers that let them make up the work, let them redo, yes. uh, you know, whatever. And that's it is. not real life. I mean, that's just, that's the thing. It's not real life. And we're not equipping them for real life. We're not equipping them to deal with disappointment. We're not equipping them to deal with the consequences if they don't turn in work, if they don't do it. In the real world, you have a job. If you don't produce, then that job has every right to fire you. You're not doing what was required. So they need to learn these lessons because you can't save them all the time, even though today parents are. They're still trying to. College professors have had parents call about their kids' grades and trying to intercept and help them so that they won't suffer the consequences for not turning things in. And believe me, I mean, when Rebecca was online <laughs> to try three or four of college algebra, I oh wanted to call that professor. <laughs> but yes. she had to do it herself. Yes. <laughs> and yes. she dealt with it. And you know what? It worked out really well. And, that, and they need to, and you need to learn that. You and, need and to like, learn to be responsible. And she was so proud because when she approached the professor herself, mm-hmm. I mean, that's the kind of things that our kids find pride in when they do it themselves, but we're robbing them of those opportunities. And it would be easier for them to do that when they're under our roof so that we can kind of walk alongside them in that. For instance, like if there's conflict, say, on a sports team, we might want to just jump in and call the coach. Mm. But how much better if we talk to our child about, okay, here's maybe a way that you can bring it up with the coach, like help give them the skills, but then let them actually go do do it. it. But then they're under our roof. And so we can kind of work with them in figuring out what to say. Yeah. yeah. And there's one other thing I'm going to hit too, and this may not go over so well, I don't know. But when we constantly jump in to save our kids, when we constantly arrange our schedules around them and their activities, what are we really teaching them? We're teaching them that they're the center of the universe. We're teaching them that everything else revolves around them. Well, and and we wonder why they act entitled. That's it. So often, maybe the boys haven't done their chores, and I just think, oh, I'll just do it because it's easier. Mm -hmm. Or maybe they want to go do something, and that really is not convenient for us, and we had something else planned, or you needed them to do the yard. Right. But we give in because why? I think it's a lot of time it's it's our own comfort. Like right. we want to not rock the boat. Right. We don't want our kids mad at us. Yep. We value more their like having a friendship with our kids than being being parents. Being parents, <laughs> and so we just make life so easy, easy. for them yes. and just give in to their every desire. Yes. And so, what's going to happen when they're in exactly. their own relationships? Exactly. When they get married? When they're a parent? Yes, because parent. Believe it or not, your primary responsibility is to bring them up so that they can leave the house and become responsible, good citizens and neighbors. And if they're so self-focused, we're not helping them. And we do that, again, just what you said, like if they don't even do the chores, if they're not helping around with the family, then they're growing up. Not understanding that, hey, in a family, we sacrifice for one another. We help one another. We serve one another. It doesn't just revolve around 
you and what you want. Right. And so going back to like, this is under the category of fear, Fear. you right. know, I mean, is it our a fear that our kids are going to be mad at us? Yes. That's <laughs> well, that's one of them. So, so let them be mad. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, and again, it's also, it may be again, going back to what you said with keeping up with the Joneses to be like, again, Oh, my neighbor's kid is a national honor student. And then, Oh, if David didn't make the cut, uh Oh, then he's not as good. And so we don't feel good enough about ourselves based on our kids. So yes, that fear of other people's opinions. What they think of us. Exactly. But That's also part of it. But who are we trying to impress? Like, have we ever <laughs> stopped to think about yes. what, what really matters? Yes, exactly. Their opinion of you. And then, you know, we talked about that the last time, right? I can get their acceptance, but I can still lose it. And so, again, resting in God's opinion of us, resting in God's embrace of us is what we got to turn back to again. But recognize when you are looking for justification and enoughness from other things rather than God. And when you recognize them, honestly acknowledge it and confess it and seek to return to God. And I will say as encouragement, because kids, they do want boundaries. Yes. Even um, though they're not ever going to say it. But once our daughter went to college, like she did look, I mean, she could look back and say, thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Because she realized so many kids around her had not had that. And so she felt like. Yeah. You know what? She was loved and yep. that we cared about her. Yes. She, in fact, had one of her friends say that to her, like saying, I can tell that your parents really love you and care for you because they put up those boundaries. And so I think that fear that like our kid's going to be mad at us. Yeah. That we're not the cool I parents. mean, temporarily, maybe, yes. yes. But in the long run, just as encouragement, yeah, they'll come around to see that it was loving. Yes. And having them do some of these things on their own is loving. Is loving. Yes. And so we have to keep that at the forefront that even though it might be painful for us or them in yes. the short term, short term. it's right. the long term that we're looking at. Yeah, and you're teaching lessons about life. And that's, again, you're helping to equip and prepare, but you're also, think of it this way, if they fail and they experience disappointment, then... They're learning dependence. They're learning through that disappointment to turn and take that to God. And that's another area where you can help them with that. And that's what we talked about a little bit last time. Just learning how to relate to God relationally with the reality of life in a broken, fallen world. Yeah. And we really do. We need them to fail. Yes, (laughs) we do. (laughs) I mean, as hard as it is, they really do have to go through that because life is hard. And if they grow up never having experienced that, then how crushing and how much more challenging and depressing it can become for them as an adult. And that's God's sanctification process for us, right? He wants us to learn to depend on him rather than trying to depend on ourselves. And I will say raising kids (laughs) has been the number one thing that has driven me to see my need and dependence. So that's probably a great way to To end end, for today. We have one more episode coming up. Thank you so much for joining us. If these are helpful, would you please share with a friend and go to Apple podcast and leave us a review so other parents can find this podcast. All right. Signing off for today. Signing off. Adios. Adios. Adios.